0: strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see. The best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch. Did left field. Good one. It's good. Down to their final strike. What is going on, Birdland? Steven here for the final strike. We are underway with a new episode. And I'm proud to say that as of today... The Baltimore Orioles are in first place. Mere percentage points. We're basically a virtual tie, but by percentage points, we actually hold the first place position in the AL East with a huge series coming up against the Tampa Bay Rays starting tomorrow for four games. So it basically will be for first place. Uh, Of course, we could split and things remain the same way they are. So we're looking for the Orioles to win at least three games um, to walk out of there with at least a, a two-game lead would be great, um, would prefer more. But this is Tampa Bay, and they are no slouches. So we will get into that a little bit later. There's so much to discuss. Uh, unfortunately, the Orioles' eight-game winning streak came to an end the other night uh, against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, we did lose the series two games to one. Uh, started off on a strong foot. Grand Slam seemed to deflate the sales for the team, and in the second game it showed even more so. Even the crowd seemed out of it. But we persevered, came through today, and the Orioles became just the eighth team in ALNL history to go 70 games with, or 70 series without being swept. Um, press the feet. They're the only team this season not to be swept. Uh, so hopefully that streak stays alive. Coincidentally, that coincides Uh, The Orioles' last sweep was the week before Adley Rutschman was called up. So since Adley Rutschman has been here, the Orioles have not been swept. Coincidence? I think not. But that's the effect that Rutschman has had on this team. Uh, Other news out of Baltimore today is that the Baltimore Orioles made a trade. And it's actually a trade that will help our bullpen uh, especially with the struggles our bullpen has been having. Outside of Yenir Cano and Felix Bautista, you are questionable as what we got in the bullpen. Michael Bauman, yes, is still learning the bullpen role, and he's developing into a pretty decent reliever. I don't know if he's clicked to the point where he's dependable every time we put him out, but he's he's doing his job. He's, he's performing adequately for somebody who's not pissed out of a bullpen, and going from the starter to the bullpen is a lot harder than going from a reliever to a starter. I've been in both positions. It definitely, you warm up differently, you prepare differently, you know, it's it's you even pitch differently, you know, so that's a big thing. Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista both having all-star superb seasons. You know, of course, they've had a couple hiccups. Nobody's perfect. But other than that, both all-stars doing great. Danny Coulomb, pretty decent, reliable guy. Outside of that, you know, you've got questionability. Brian Baker, he is a second-year player, and going into the other day when he gave up the Grand Slam, had had seven of his last eight outings where he didn't give up a run. So there was consistency going on there. Horrible pitch. I, I, we've talked about it in the battery. We don't understand why you throw four straight fastballs to a guy who's long overdue. Granted, he was batting .080 on two-strike counts, but the guy was overdue. You throw him the same pitch four straight times. He's gonna locate it and he's gonna blast it. And he did blast it over the left field wall. Changed the whole outcome of the game in series because honestly, if the or it, you know, if Aaron Hicks catches the fly ball in the beginning of that outing inning, you know, you don't have the runner on third base, the single doesn't get affected by the walk. Vis a vis vis a hindsight's twenty twenty. So, you know, little things that make the difference The Orioles also had four errors in the game the following day so you can tell that the focus was not there is it they were deflated from the game before was it they were looking ahead to the Tampa Bay series yeah that's that's for anybody to debate and argue and of course if you ask anybody in the Orioles they're going to say differently that it was just a bad game you know things happened. things snowball second game was even worse the Orioles persevered came through with the victory today Dean Kramer revenge game didn't go Dean Kramer's way, but we did get the victory. So there's that. But as to what I'm saying, the Orioles did make a move today. So they are officially opening the trade deadline. Uh, forgive me if I say this wrong, but the Orioles acquired right-hander Shintaro Fujinami from the Oakland Athletics. Now this was a guy I liked in the offseason when his name was mentioned. And he was actually a guy I wouldn't have minded the Orioles picking up. Um, he can throw multiple innings. So he started seven games in his 34 appearances. Um, he has a fastball that can hit 102. So we've got four pitchers in our bullpen that can throw over hundred miles an hour. Uh, Felix Bautista, who's topped out at 102 and 103 this season. Yannir Kano can touch hundred. Um, Brian Baker's touched hundred. And now you add Fujinami who's 29 years old. Um, his season stats kind of will scare a lot of people away as he's 5-8 and eight with an 857 ERA in 34 games. Mind you, he is playing for the Oakland Athletics, one of the worst teams in the league and possibly going to make history in the process. ZRA is 857, and that's across 49 and a third innings. Um, he struck out 51 batters, so there is some strikeout potential there, and he has a whip of 1.66, which is a little high. Now, if you look over his last fifteen games, he's three and two with a two seventy ERA. In that same span, he's thrown sixteen and two thirds innings, and he has an eighteen to five strikeout to walk ratio, and his WHIP is only one point zero eight. So, of those last fifteen games, he made two starts. Now, he might have just been an opener, but the fact is, he does get credit for the starts. It shows that there's growth and potential. Remember, he's coming from the Japanese league, and it's quite different shaho Otani struggled for some time adjusting and even his high school coach said he had to fail for a couple years in order to succeed same thing same concept over in japan the pitchers do not pitch the way they pitch in america they're given longer time off between outings and you know limits during the week so there's a little bit of an adjustment it looks like the guy's definitely adjusting. And with the way we've we've been working with most of our pitchers, I mean, look what we've done with our starters that were supposed to be horrible. Who's in first place in the AL East right now? The Baltimore Orioles. And starting pitching was supposed to be their biggest issue. Surprisingly, it's the bullpen. But you also don't have Dylan Tate, who was supposed to be a big part of the bullpen like he was last year. Michael Givens, with his experience, was supposed to be. And we've not had him, but maybe a handful of games. And he wasn't healthy. CNL Perez, I don't know if it's the shift. Ben McDonald tends to think that it's the pitch clock that's affecting him because he used that extra time and now he's rushing, which is a possibility, but it's also coincided with where the shift is going. Those seeing eye singles are finding their spots. So I'd love to get CNL back on track. Before he went on the injured list, he had gone five outings without allowing a run. His last two outings, though, I don't know. And because of that, I'm thinking. I'd rather have Nick Vespi, and it's a shame. Nick Vespi the other day pitched his heart out, two and a third innings, practically saved our bullpen from a short outing after Tyler Wells, um, or not Tyler Wells. I'm sorry, after Grayson Rodriguez, and then you know the following day after Tyler Wells, you had Cole Irvin, so two outstanding outings. But Vespi was sent back down. Now that's the second time since Vespi's been up that he pitched more than two innings and helped save our bullpen. He's a lefty, he was a 17th round draft pick and he is more more than proven his moxie that he belongs here and I'm sorry with the way CNL Perez and Keegan Aiken have been pitching I'd rather give it to the young guy and see what he does. He's he's proven himself already. Austin Voth is supposed to be starting rehab assignment. I'm still not a fan of bringing him back. He's 31 years of age. He's been battling the elbow problems since spring training according to Hyde. So I still would like to see another move made for our bullpen. Um, I don't want to see Voth and Keegan Aiken back. And honestly, as much as I like Perez, he's not offering any upside to us. You know, everybody keeps hoping he'll revert back to the guy last year. It's not happening. There's something that's just not clicking. And whether that pitch clock is the effect or the shift, it's just not working and it's time to move on. We have young guys who are capable of coming up here. We still have Crable down in the system, who was a big part of the bullpen last year and was very consistent for us. So it's not like we don't have options, but I would like to see another pitcher added. Um, I'm very excited with the addition of, you know, um, Fujinami. And, you know, I think we got a good quality deal with the Athletics. That's three pitchers we've gotten to the Athletics for a young prospect and a career minor leaguer. Um, I kind of think we're making out on that deal. Elias is at it again. So, lots of trade deadline, but I want to warn you, Birdland. Don't go expecting this high, you know, record-breaking rental trade where we trade four or five prospects and that one player you think is going to put us in the World Series. It's not part of Mike Elias's plan yet. He's got a blueprint. He's going to follow it. He will make moves. They might be minor to some, but they will be key pieces to what makes the Orioles succeed and what takes them to the next level. What we're doing this year is ahead of schedule. Last year was ahead of schedule. I think next year is the year we burst onto the scene. So those are things that you're going to have to look out for, but I don't want you to get your hopes up. Um, now, in regards to that, I want to touch base with Mr. Steve Phillips, who I'm going to play the audio and then I'll respond to it. Okay, so let's let's listen to the audio first. It's 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 not long, but here we go. Right now, the Baltimore Orioles are twenty-four and thirteen. Do you recognize that that's the almost the second best record in all of baseball, second best in the American League, but it's almost the second best in all of baseball. They're playing great. They're playing some really good baseball overall. That being said, in fact, you know what? I'm sorry. It is the second best record in all of baseball. They're not. They're not the second best team in baseball because their starting pitching ERA is five point zero eight, and they've won games that they don't deserve to win. And so what I'm telling you is that they're going to slide. They're going to slide down, and they're not going to be the second best team in the American League East. They're not going to be the second best team in all of baseball, and they're going to be fortunate to be the third wild card team in the American League. There you have it. It's it's 5.08 ERA. Is tell me the last time a team made the playoffs with an ERA starting pitching ERA over five? But you it you doesn't They're going to make the playoffs. You right. Said- so that's that's GM Steve Phillips. You know, there's a reason he's not a GM anymore and that's all I'm going to say about that part. But I just want Steve Phillips and you know, hopefully he hears this, you know, somebody somebody might send him a clip of this and I, I'd greatly appreciate it if he did. But at this time, Burland and the Orioles will accept the apology. We'll gladly give you your crow pie. Do you prefer that with ice cream or whipped cream or neither? Uh, Orioles are at 58-37. and That's 21 games above 500. Now, that comment was made back May 11th, May 10th, and the slide was expected. We're playing 6-11 baseball. The winning percentage is 6-11. We're 8-2 in our last 10. We had an eight-game winning streak where our pitchers were 6-0. In seven of the eight starts, they went six-plus innings, and they had an ERA of 2.08. So don't give me the pitching was going to slide. If anything, yes, we are having some issues with the bullpen, but for the most part, our bullpen is pretty decent. They've had some ups and downs against the top-tier teams. We're holding our own. We are playing better than anybody expected. We had the Miami Marlins coming in, who a lot of people thought were going to give us a fight, and they did. Don't get me wrong. They were 11-4 in AL ballparks in interleague play, and the Orioles swept them. The Orioles swept them it wasn't until the ninth inning of the last game that the Marlins came out and and were trying to avoid being swept. But the Orioles basically won in various different ways from the bullpen, from the offense, from the defense. The Orioles locked it down, and that's the type of play that they're playing. So Steve Phillips, I don't know what you're looking at, but you you can join the rest of the people who are on the Oriole hater wagons, and that's fine. But – We're five and a half games up on Toronto, eight games up on Boston, nine games up on the New York Yankees. The closest team in the wild card is Tampa Bay right now, and that's because we're tied with them. So, you know, 6'11 ball outside of Atlanta is the second best record in baseball. Back in May, Steve Phillips said we weren't the second-best team in baseball or the American League at that. And here we are, the second-best team in baseball. And, oh, against the Braves, we went two extra innings in two of the games that we lost. We didn't win the series, but we we hung with that team, and that team is getting healthy. The Dodgers are getting healthy. The Dodgers have now won eight of their last ten games. And they're getting healthy, and they still don't even have Walker Bueller. So, this crap that these players are, are these GMs and or former GMs, and these these know it all reporters out there, well, the Orioles are are all smoke and mirrors, and they're getting lucky, and they're winning games. No, they're playing good, consistent baseball. Sometimes they will out hit you and out out score you. Other times, they will play small ball and win in the last minute. They've come from behind in 34 games. That's not just something of getting lucky. That's not just something of you playing fluke baseball and winning games you're not supposed to win. No, the Orioles are winning games the right way. It is a young team. There will be mistakes. You have Colton Kowser, Jordan Westberg, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, who are all a year or less in the majors. Then you have Grayson Rodriguez back. Yenny Cano, who only pitched 11 games for us, or pitched 11 games last year. Felix Bautista, he's in his first, well, second full Major League season, his first as a full-time closer. Brian Baker, second-year player. You know, look at the reality of the situation. Ryan Mountcastle has been here less than three years. Dean Kramer, less than three years. Kyle Bradish, his second season as a starter. So this, this, this pipe dream that these people are seeing, that they think it's all smoke and mirrors, obviously you didn't watch how the Astros were originally built when Mike Elias was part of that. And yes, he was the assistant GM, but he's the one who identified a lot of the talent that you were seeing help the Astros succeed. So those are things that you need to pay attention to, and those are things that people need to wake up and realize who don't believe the Orioles are as good as they are. The Orioles are a good young team that's only going to get better. And that's the scary part. That's the part that people need to realize. We just had Sam Balicello enter the top 100 prospects, MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospects. He's down in single-A ball. Jackson Holiday just got promoted to double A and he's raking like it was never a transition from from rookie ball all the way up. Mark my words, and I've said it a few times, Jackson Holiday will be playing for the Orioles next year. There is a strong possibility if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he could, in reality, break camp with the Orioles next year. I don't think it'll happen because service time, they like to manipulate it. But let it sink in that he's not even 20 years old and is already in double-A ball. There is an outside possibility that he might hit triple-A before his 21st birthday. And if that scares you, he might be better than Gunnar Henderson. And Gunnar Henderson is just starting to show what he's capable of. He's 21, mind you. So, Jordan Westberg is playing good ball. Good, solid contact. He's hustling. He's playing strong defense. Colton Kouser. Uh, The bat's not come around yet, but he's got a good eye on the plate. He's still getting on base. He's scoring runs. He's getting some RBIs. Was Cedric Mullins hurt? Or Cedric Mullins hurt? He's going to be a big, big crucial part of this right now. People need to understand the reality of what is actually going on and how much talent The birds actually have, because I tell you what, it is scary. You know, so we got this, and I hope these people wake up and start understanding and seeing what is going on. Kobe Mayo has gone from an off-the-radar prospect to one of the top prospects in the game, having a phenomenal year. He's up in Norfolk now. Prado is up in Norfolk. Those guys are raking it in A. We have so much talent. We're going to be forced to either move or bring people up and get rid of other older people because of what we have in our pipeline. And it runs all the way down to the rookie league. You know, goes with us taking Bradfield in the first round. It's a center fielder who's got excellent defense, excellent speed. He's a prototypical center fielder. And leadoff hitter. It's like Cedric Mullins. Not the greatest arm, but his speed makes up for it. His his punch in the lineup. He is a spark plug. Our team is a different team when Cedric Mullins is in the lineup and playing. Versus when he's not. Not saying we're not good enough to win without him. What I'm saying is he is a spark plug. He is an integral part of the team. And people don't understand These pieces are puzzle pieces that complete the entire picture. That's what we need to see. And that's what all these pundits and these former GMs and these scouts and everything who think they know everything are not witnessing. Mike Elias is finding talent where people aren't. They said we reached for Jackson Holiday and he's made the other people who they thought we were going to draft. Drew Jones, for one. Look foolish. Because those guys are struggling in single-A ball, striking out more than they are, and Drew Jones has hardly played any. So, there's things that are definitely going on here. You better watch. The Orioles are going to surprise people. Are we a World Series contender right now? Hmm. Here's an outside possibility we weren't even supposed to be where we are the, the the rays were not supposed to be caught and here we go into a four game series it's going to decide first place right now and it's a big series it's probably one of the biggest series that the orioles have had in a few years is it the biggest on the season as of right now i would say it is that that's that's the that's what's amazing about it is right now i would say that this this series is the biggest on the season it's for first place in the AL East, the best division in baseball. Mind you, you have five teams with 50-plus wins. The Yankees, of all teams, are in last place and still have 50 victories. How many people could have predicted that? The Orioles were pegged to finish last, and we're not doing it. We're showing everybody up. So that Tampa Bay series is going to be huge, huge. And, you know, you got Gibson against Glasnow. You got Bradish against Eflin. That's going to be a hell of a, a series in the first two games. After that, you get Grayson Rodriguez against McClanahan. And then you close out the series, and you're going to have Tyler Wells against Bradley. I mean, you're talking about some really good pitching matchups. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. I can take four games of 2-1 to one and 3-2. to two. You know, I'd love to win three of them. I really would. But if we walk out of there with a the split, I wouldn't be upset either. We just can't lose the series. That's the one thing we don't want to do. Other thing is I want you all to head over to the BaltimoreBattery.com. Um, we have articles. You know, We have the recap of the Dodgers series. We have the uh, article on Shintara Fujami trade. Um, we have a recap of Grayson Rodriguez's outing the other day, strong outing numbers. Don't show it, but he did leave with a four, two lead got into the fifth inning for only the second time of, in his career, tried to pitch into the six, didn't get it. You know, we have, you know, we have the draft recap. Zachary Bucklow has the draft recap of of days, two and three Hadley Rushman's performance by Lauren Brock in the home run derby, you know, it's it's there's just so much there you can read about and so much that that you should you know get get into because i tell you what it's it's amazing what we're doing over at the battery you know so you know justin supton zachary bucklow jason Benowitz, lauren brock um jared watson obviously he doesn't give the credit to himself that he deserves but he's a big part of it you know as our editor-in-chief he he definitely makes everything pop um you find the battery on Twitter at thebmorebattery, and you can actually follow all of us and see the articles that we post, The um, thebaltimorebattery.com. Obviously, you can go read and comment on those posts. We're also available on uh, TikTok, um, thebmorebattery.com. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm at srjheckman. Um, same thing on TikTok. And you can follow the Final Strike now, uh, which is the Final Strike underscore on Twitter. Um, we'll keep you up to date and we're fans of the game. So we want to give the fans what a fan's perspective is on this. And want you all to be a part of that, it's fun times in Birdland, you know, it's, it's great times in Birdland and, and I want everybody to, to get excited for it because I tell you what, it's been fun, you know, being an Orioles fan but where we're at right now, when's the last time you had this much excitement and this much fun? You know, truthfully, when is it? It's, it's Orioles are in first place. That's huge. You know, so, you know, just, just enjoy it. Don't, don't get, you know, get up frustrated when they lose, but don't, don't think the sky's falling. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you get a chance, head over to my Twitter page. Um, at SRJ Heckman, um, last name H E C K M A N, Heck and Man. Um, you look at my pinned tweet, there's actually Final Strike t shirts out. Um, we're going to be adding to the line uh, so you can get your your Final Strike support on um, code orange. You know, that's, that's my favorite tag to use code orange, which is support for the Orioles. We're going to have more coming out. I'm uh, going to probably do one with This Is Birdland because I've been using that a lot on Twitter as a hashtag. So definitely, you know, Get involved, support us, follow us, comment, like us, retweet, share us. The final strike in the Baltimore battery. You're going to get everything you want there. And we're always open to suggestions. So we want you to, you know, email us, comment, you know, let us know what you think, what you want to hear and what you know about. That's what we're here for. We're going to close this segment up. Um, want to thank you all for listening. You know, I really appreciate your support. You know, we, we've gotten over 100 listens to. Uh, hopefully we keep growing. Uh, we're 18 episodes in, which is amazing, um, and I'm enjoying all of it. I'm enjoying the support from all my fans, um, everybody who follows me in comments. I love it. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to thank the Baltimore Battery, um, thebaltimorebattery.com. You can find our website um, for giving the platform to talk on. Um, this is what it's about. This is what I love. It's the Orioles. I love the Orioles. I love writing about the Orioles and being a part of it, you know, so Definitely want to thank the Baltimore Battery for giving me this opportunity. Want to thank our sponsor, Scooters for Rent. If you're ever in the Delaware, Maryland, Eastern Shore area and you need mobility equipment, handicapped scooters, manual wheelchairs, beach wheelchairs, electric wheelchairs, lift recliners, Scooters for Rent is the place to call. They are your fun alternative to walking. They will give you back the independence that you're missing. Give them a call, 302-280-6203. Tell them Stephen from the final strike sent you. Birdland, thank you. Thank you so much for your support. And I look forward to continuing this, and I look forward to talking with you all. So please submit your questions. Let me know what you want to hear. Comments are always welcome. Till next time, Birdland, peace out. Let's get to it. Let's cheer our birds on the victory this weekend. Big series against Tampa Bay. I can't stress it's huge. Get ready, Birdland. Don't get too upset if we if we lose a game or two. Just look at how everything's going. We're 21 games over 500. Can't ask for better than that, baby. Code orange. This is Birdland. Till next time. Peace out. One strike from victory. Two outs. Right and here's what you pay to see: the best ever maroon to the chips on this pitch, team